Welcome to Telegeography Explains the Internet, the show that explores the business behind all of the ways humans stay connected around the world. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and my guest today is Renuka Nadkarni, Chief Product Officer at Ariaka. Ariaka has long been an interesting service provider to me as they don't neatly fit into categories like facilities-based carrier or a managed service provider, having always taken a slightly different approach to how they offer enterprise networks. So we start out in the interview getting just a clearer picture of how Ariaka approaches the WAN across different services like network, WAN optimization, SD-WAN, and security. But Renuka's particular background and role, as you will hear, is in the security piece, which is where we spend much of our time in the conversation. We talk about the state of the modern WAN and the forces that have changed it and delved into how those changes impact how one needs to think about security in the WAN now. She has, I think, a particularly clear and interesting take on what it means to have a secure WAN with all of these different forces moving the threat landscape around, and what it means to have adopted SASE for your WAN, since that is the way that everyone is talking about it in the market these days. We close out on a topic that I'm particularly interested in, so if you listen to this show, you've probably heard me bring it up before, which is the future of the WAN in an internet-focused world, and I really enjoyed her take on all of these topics, and I think you will too. Okay, welcome to the show, Renuka. Thank you, Greg. Great to be here. I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. All right. So uh, I thought it would be useful if maybe you gave us a brief background on yourself. Um, uh, you, you've been at a, a few different places before you came to Ariaka, and then uh, you know how you came to Ariaka and what you do there. Sure. So I've been um, a, a follower of security technology and evolution. Uh, that's how I like to think about it. Um, I have pretty much built every kind of security technology that's out there and Excellent. follow the evolution of uh, you know the the threat spectrum. So back in the day, I started on the VPN uh, encryption side of things, and I mm -hmm. did prevention, firewall, network access control, web security, and and so on. And what I think is, it's a very um, security is always evolving. There is always mm -hmm new there is always new kinds of attacks there's always new uh, you know in the, the new transformations that customers are going through uh, so that's been my background and uh, prior to ariaka i was a cto at uh, f5 uh, that was in the application delivery you know making sure that uh, as um, customers are, are adopting into the cloud model uh, helping yeah. them with um, the networking security so on and so forth and uh, ariaka was uh, founded with this vision of securely moving the user uh, or taking the user to uh, the applications wherever they are. So users can be anywhere, mm -hmm. applications can be anywhere. And Ariaka's vision was really to provide that network connectivity at um, extremely high performance, guaranteed bandwidth, guaranteed performance, low latency. And as our customers were getting more security aware with the, uh, with the evolution on the threat side of things, mm -hmm. uh, we added security elements to it. So, what our the way we think about Ariaka is uh, our goal is to meet the customers where they are mm -hmm. and help them with this global connectivity using our private backbone from point A to point B, uh, which is not only high performance but is also secure and give them visibility into what's going on with their network. 
Yeah, excellent. That's a that's a great review, and and you know, it kind of brings me to to where I sort of wanted to start here, which is that. Um, so we we at Telegeography used to run a conference series called the WAN Summit, which is still going, but we we've sold the brand. Um, and Ariake was actually one of the very first sponsors. It's going back almost yeah. ten years, I think. And ever since that time, uh, I've always had to sort of help people field questions on: Is Ariaka a carrier? Or you know, back then it was uh, you know more the, the nascent sort of WAN optimization and, and very nascent SD WAN and things like that. Are they are they an SD WAN provider? So, how would you sort of place them on on being similar to carriers, but having a sort of different um, philosophy, perhaps? And especially in terms of of bringing together maybe the separate elements of connectivity, uh, SASE, security, and and SD WAN. That's a great question. So you know, one way to think about it is um, the way the compute industry has evolved, right? So we think of ourselves as um, what Amazon did to the compute industry, how the way Zoom mm -hmm. compute changed com completely with the cloud compute um, that happened. Ariaka believes that we are an equivalent of it uh, from a network security side of things. Uh, what I mean by that is the most important thing for customers is uh, business agility, to be able to uh, provision network where needed for their applications to be made available to their customers, to their users. And how can you do that in a, in a, in a cloud kind of a fashion, right? So mm -hmm. Ariaka is cloud first van transformation. That's how we started our company. And um, unlike most carriers, the focus is really on uh, you know, it's, it's a very piecemeal kind of an approach. It's like you solve one problem, uh, but then you still have like, you know, more things to do. And and everything is done in a very, uh, just like you would install an, an, an appliance or just like you mm -hmm. would buy mm -hmm. servers uh, on a compute side of things. So that entire model, the entire operating model actually changed because people stopped buying servers and, you know, they went to uh, Amazon for cloud. So think of it that way where Ariaka makes sure that you don't have to have like a plethora of these appliances on your site and you know like you have a networking gear you you're trying to do sdvan you have multiple different kinds of connectivities coming in now you layer a firewall on top of it and you have this this entire thing that you need to manage by you know like hiring maybe like resources and somebody you know managing mm -hmm. it at all these global locations uh, which are dispersed and very hard to manage so Ariaka solves that problem. So we are actually providing network connectivity just like you would get from anywhere else. But the delivery model, the way we approach it, it's a cloud first. It's a zero touch for the customers. Uh, it's a matter of they, uh, you know, sending an order saying that I want connectivity in Brazil, in Chile, starting this date, and this is how it should be delivered. And that mm -hmm. is the simplicity that Ariaka brings to the table. It's it's funny because in preparation for this, I went back and I looked at some of my very earliest email exchanges with Ariaka, which were like, 2014, I think. And I had said to one of my colleagues, oh, I'd, I'd really like to hear more about this uh, as a service model I've heard about. I don't, I don't even think people were saying network as a service back then, but would, would you would you say that this is a network as a service kind of model now? Yes, it's, it's network as a service, but it's actually more mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's not just network. Like the minute you think of network, you also need to, you know, think about security, identity, right. you know, who is coming onto the network? I mean, having a network is one thing, but making sure that that network is not abused or it's not DDoSed or it's available right. is actually the entire, like, you know, different ballgame. The, pur and, the purpose of a network, right? If it, yeah. if it can't be networking, then it's then it, then it's not serving its purpose, right? So, yeah. Exactly. So I, I I feel like network as a service is a limiting term mm -hmm. from that perspective. Mm -hmm. I feel it's, it's the connectivity. So we call it secure connectivity. 
right? Mm-hmm. So you can connect users from anywhere. Uh, you are coming from home or uh, branch offices or wherever they might be coming from to the applications which are anywhere. And I think this is a very massive shift that we are going through. Um, and of course, COVID ac- accelerated this whole uh, you know notion, which is originally the way people did business, their operating models were like brick and mortar. They suddenly wanted to do the do digital transformation because they needed online presence thanks mm-hmm. to you know, all the things and with the with the, the way world changed because of covid similarly users were like sitting in the office you had like you know nicely connected bandwidth now users are like from they are at a ski slope and mm. they are <laughs> they are you know they are working from wherever not just home right so there's a massive shift in terms of how the connectivity needs to be provided and right. actually that's another very big drawback which is networking world generally speaking has been very you know very static space the the networks are already always very static and it's like i get a link from point a to point b and then you know you expect it to be there right right with ariaka's model uh, like i said it's a it's a click of a button and uh, we aspire to provide that connectivity between users anywhere to applications anywhere mhm i see yeah that that makes a lot of sense and and certainly we're going to talk about the the WAN market and how different it is now than it was say five or especially 10 years ago and and how that plays into it. But before we move there, I just have one more question, which is that uh, someone looking at your services, are are these all sort of proprietary Ariaka services? Or are you working with channel partners for maybe something like SD-WAN or SWIG or something like that? Um, do, do you have channel partners that you work through to, to bring that together for the customer or is it all done sort of in-house? Uh, so, so great question. So we are a channel first company. Mm-hmm. Uh, all our sales uh, go through the channel. And um, when we do the del- delivery of it, the services portion of it is delivered by Ariaka team. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah. we are a first company, absolutely. Excellent. All right. So let's talk a bit about the state of the modern WAN. So th- this podcast is now Telegeography Explains the Internet. It used to be the WAN Manager podcast. Um, so so we've we've talked about this a lot on the show and and just the, the forces that have changed it but i would love to hear your perspective on it and i think we'll we'll start with uh, some kind of sd wan service that for a long time has meant many different things right but but um that w- once enterprises started adopting sd wan and started especially maybe minimizing their uh use of mpls um uh is is that sort of enough if you sort of uh you know adopt SD-WAN moving away from MPLS and towards internet is that enough to meet the modern demands of the network in your opinion I think that's just a starting point and mm-hmm. uh, what we have experienced is um, there is a tremendous shift in the way of thinking uh, the way customers operating models are changing Again, mm-hmm. I never use the word operating model because earlier it was like brick and mortar and I knew where I was going to be. I knew what kind of connectivity I was going to get and I would put a SD-WAN appliance and everything is happy. Like right. everything. And the network was a thing that okay. that sort of as itself you bought, right? Uh, uh, rather than an evolving kind of monster. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. yeah, Exactly, right? And, and there was a lot of determinism in terms of, you know, where I'm going to be and like where my users are going to be. 
Uh, and all of that is now shifting, uh, you know, dramatically. Uh, one of the biggest thing that we see in our customer base is our customer base CIOs who are not just looking at solving like one, like I'm going to bring these five sites um, online, but just they are actually looking at the entire business model. What makes sense for us? How do we make mm -hmm. sure that we have flexibility? So some of the unique things that Ariaka does is you can buy bandwidth from us and you can use it in different places, like super unique. Like, you know, you can buy something from bulk, but you don't need to be like, you know, dedicating a certain percentage. So even the network planning, the capacity planning aspect of it uh, really needs to be managed. So doing SD-WAN and thinking about, okay, if this is something you want to do is actually just the starting point. Uh, if you really want to do WAN modernization, you really need to think about, okay, uh, how do I have global presence? That's the other thing that we are seeing. Uh, you know, uh, in fact, um, one of the things I liked in your report as what's happening in 2023, uh, some of the conversations are around like, the international bandwidth is doubling every two years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. New, right? We we had a very concentrated business models in the past, and now that is actually changing. International bandwidth is becoming, uh, you know, more available. People are doing, people are becoming uh, global entities. They are doing business. Your markets are now very globally diverse. Right. Because the things are so accessible. Information is accessible. You know, the the things that are so easily available uh, from different countries now it's it's actually changed dramatically uh, again thanks to the whole digital transformation and thanks to you know people also getting access to these um, even the information with the social and so on and so forth mm -hmm. so clearly that's a that's a starting point we are also seeing some of the customers asking us for 100 gig connectivity right oh wow yeah so, i mean really big pipes like which which is exactly to your point that that uh with everything moving off of corporate premises moving more local sort of more you know close edge if you will to to where the the um you know internal customers of your of your network might might sit and with people who are going back to the office what do they do they get on google meet or something like that right so yeah i think bandwidth demands and workloads are, are have shifted massively so sorry to interrupt but yeah we, we see that a lot in our data which is why it always piques my interest so right and you know the you touched upon a very interesting point about workloads so, mm -hmm. so what happened is uh, with this whole, um, like I, I described this as infrastructure era where everyone was very network focused and everything was very static uh, to the application era where now applications are in the cloud and the cloud adoption was a big deal. And we saw a lot of customers like hop onto cloud only to realize that their cost models weren't working. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. Like, Hey, what am I going to do? And how this is where, what I call uh, what's happening is the convergence model where mm -hmm. From the cloud, now people are moving to the edge. They are actually doing a hybrid model. Sometimes they have a private data center, then they have a public cloud. Again, because if you want to have true, uh, truly uh, amazing user experience, if you have workloads in, say, Amazon West, but your users are coming from you know Asia and multiple different places, their user experience is not as good. Yeah. So the two options you have is take your workload and replicate it in all the zones, which is gonna you know quadruple your um, your cost right. of computer Amazon and public cloud, which is already very high. Mm -hmm. Or the second option you can have is what Ariaka offers. So what we offer is you come to our uh, private backbone and it is like an internet highway. Once you get on the backbone, no matter where you are in the world, your experience is exactly like you would have been in the office. So mm -hmm. we call it like land-like experience over the van, mm -hmm. which is you have the same experience uh, that you would have had if you're local uh, in the you know Amazon West uh, regional. Right? And as a practical matter, does that mean that you're taking maybe some of the the data and and caching it 
local to that to those users or or sort of how are you getting over the the we're telegeography right there there is ultimately always a, a geographic factor right if if i'm sitting in in sydney and my workload is in uh, one wilshire there's going to be some latency right so. yeah i see there are many reasons uh, for the bad user experience and latency is not actually the primary reason the primary reason typically mm -hmm packet loss right, so right. so the big distinction really is uh, even if the packet makes it like a few milliseconds late it's not human perceptible you mm -hmm. uh, cannot perceive uh, you know perceive that information but when you have packet losses which is actually super common the minute you go from like one side of the internet to the other, you know globally when you're trans uh, transiting multiple different service provider networks everything is on ipsec vpn tunnel you're trying to actually mm -hmm. you know, this like massive, um, you know, massive um, overhead because of the encryption and so on. Uh, every packet loss, and you know, if there's a retransmission, it actually completely changes the equation. And we had customers yeah. who went home with um, you, you, with the, with COVID. They had their employees go home and work from home, and they actually couldn't conduct business mm -hmm. because they would get on a video call or they would get on you know whatever applications they were using. Like even SAP for that matter, a lot of customers told us just accessing it over the VPN tunnel was very very difficult. Right. So in Aryaka's world, the way it works is we we have full IPsec VPN, but we actually focus on zero packet loss, as you probably know about Aryaka. Mm -hmm. That's our speciality. We build a pseudo TCP connection between point A and point B, uh, such that we ensure that that avail that um, connectivity bandwidth latency whatever it is is available to you uh, throughout the process. So so really, it's it's more about the the network technology, not crowding gateways, all those kinds of things, not not having too much space used by all of the different sort of encryption that rather than the physical distance traveled uh, makes makes the bigger difference essentially exactly and you know that's where inserting inserting security technologies in the mix right so you already mm -hmm. have a network latency network layer three hops that you need to transit uh, you need to do handoffs between the service providers whatever or the other complexities are uh, on top of that add your security conversation you add mm -hmm. yet another hop with your appliance configuration all of that that completely um, you know uh, slows it down which is the problem that Ariaka solves. So we do everything in what we call a single pass architecture. So we do not only networking, all the WAN optimization, compression, all of those technologies, encryption for security. Uh, we also do access control with firewall and so on. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, all right. So, so that's really interesting, which, which brings me directly sort of to where I wanted to talk next, which is that, of course, all of these changes that you're talking about in the WAN lead to the need for a, a, a different security framework, a different security strategy um, that has been, of course, first zero trust and then uh, sort of adding zero trust into a larger framework of, of SASE. For a lot of enterprises, they, they've seen that approach as kind of like, okay, well, I have my network. Now I need to add a SASE framework. Um, how do you see these different kind of strategies all working together? So connectivity, uh, SD-WAN as a, as a part of SASE, but then also SASE as well, um, sort of bringing together your network and security strategies. And, and I, and I, I want to frame it in, in the sense that it is still the case, some of the enterprises that I talk to have separate security, cybersecurity teams with their IT infrastructure teams, and they're getting much better at, at making sure they're talking to each other. But e even from that standpoint of, of unifying their, uh, their understanding and their strategy uh, from both of those standpoints, how, how does Ariaka approach that? 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. You touched upon a few topics, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a, at a very basic level, um, uh, as I told you, like I, I have built all different kinds of security technologies in my past life. Right. And, and the problem that a security vendor has, and I had as I was building the security, uh, you know, different um, uh, different solutions, was there was no place to consistently and ubiquitously install security policies. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can have a set of set of enforcement points that you have complete control over and you can you know do a great job of applying your security policies there uh, ubiquitously right uh, or consistently but doing it like across all these different variations users are coming from managed devices unmanaged devices they are coming from office they are coming from starbucks right, right? how do you ubiquitously have the same security policies uh, is actually the hardest question that i feel you know, we needed to solve for. Mm-hmm. Now we can call it zero trust access control. We can call it, um, you know, sassy. The way I like to do it is I like to like flip the conversation around, which is, hey, customer, what problem are you trying to solve for? Right, right. And right. one of the biggest challenges um, the industry has is we have come up with so many point solutions to point problems. Just making those solutions work actually introduces a new attack surface, mm-hmm. and. 85% of the breaches happen because of misconfiguration. They don't happen because of the, um, you know, the, the technology not doing its job. Right? Right, right, right. So um, where, and by misconfiguration, you mean you you haven't matched exactly the right service to the right sort of need within the, the enterprise, essentially? Exactly. So, I mean, on an average, uh, an enterprise customer has 65 different security products or vendors. Yes, indeed. Okay? Yeah. So now you think about somebody making sure that they are all properly configured. Mm-hmm. Like I have seen very strange network environment in my customers with very, I would, what I call it is bad hygiene. It's mm-hmm. like hygiene issues. Um, and you know, you have a firewall, but it is like allow all. Like you have like hundreds of rules of a firewall and then you have one rule on the top that says allow all. Right, right. right? So I'm like, okay, how does this help, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so going back to the question you had, it's all about what problems you know, you want to solve for. And the way Ariaka talks about our security philosophy is depending on where the user is going. So if you are going to the internet, we will give you security needed there, like URL filtering, anti-malware, antivirus. Right. If the user is going to a SaaS application like a Salesforce um, or, a, a, you know, any of the other ones, we will give what's uh, what's called as the CASB, which is um, cloud access security broker kind of capabilities, which mm-hmm. is depending on the application, you have different kinds of controls and stuff like that. If the user is going to a public cloud, uh, the first question you would like to know is like, do I have any compliance uh, violations? Do I have any private right. data in there? So we can actually tell you that your traffic is going to these assets. So we are also solving the shadow IT problem uh, mm-hmm. of public people not knowing where their assets are. Right. And then on top of that, people can do the scanning of those those uh, assets because that's where the traffic is going and we can figure out if it's compliant or not. Mm-hmm. And then there's a traffic between users and the data center or between side to side. Uh, one of the very interesting thing we noticed was we can actually uh, identify any kind of uh, anomalous behavior with malware and so on uh, just by looking at the patterns. Like we had like three customers in the last six months who had a ransomware attack. We found out about it in the news because it was like very sensitive, confidential stuff and they had to disclose it at one point in time. And we reached out to the customer and said, hey, you know, we heard about this, anything we can do to help you. And they said, give me all the accesses that happened between my, you know, in my network during this time period. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, there were lots of abnormal accesses and activities between locations that had never communicated with each other for five years. 
Right, right. The nature of the communication, it was probably lateral movement of the ransomware, and it was spreading, you know, uh, in, in a, we could have really like told them like, hey, this is not a normal behavior, right? Mm -hmm. so Ariaka's conversation is, we connect point A to point B, we give you the best network performance, we give you security. And what we intend to do, and this is something which, um, you know, we are uh, in our roadmap conversation is to give you observability, mm -hmm. which is we had access to this malicious traffic communication. Um, so we had visibility, but we weren't actually looking at it and saying this is abnormal. So that is the observability part. So today right. we do visibility, but we really want to kind of like tell you more, tell the customers more about their business and give them what we call as observability features. And and is is that something that you're envisioning through like AI ML rather than engineers in a SOC or whatever um, uh, sort of flagging things? Like in other words, exactly the, the, the situation you describe where you say, you can have pretty simple rules saying, hey, these two endpoints don't usually communicate and there's been a lot of traffic. Uh, that's something that we could probably do without even humans, right? So Exactly, exactly. So I think, yes, a lot of these things are, um, I, I think they are better than done by AIML than humans, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they actually feed into the, to the human operators. Right. So we give our customers visibility and observability and we say hey we think that th these conversations have happened uh, and we by the way did that we actually had um uh, like we, we had an instance where we were just happened to be looking at it and we said it this doesn't make sense uh and uh they found out that somebody has started somebody had put like some service that they were not supposed to have there mm -hmm. right so this happens all the time but a lot of this is of course better handled with um, definitely unsupervised machine learning right right absolutely so from you, you've really touched on a lot of this, but I wonder if you if you could sort of lay out for us, um, you know, in, in in a sort of maybe element by element kind of of, of fashion, how does Ariaka view the SASE framework? So, and, and the reason I want to ask it that way is that a lot of uh, WAN managers, IT infrastructure folks, they have heard about SASE, their bosses especially might have heard about SASE. And once it gets to the C-level, it's like, hey, are we doing this? Like, what would what would you approach a potential customer saying, like, this is what you need to be able to say, check that box, like, yes, boss, we're, we're sort of, we have the SASE framework operating. That's a great question. In fact, this is something we have learned from our customers. Mm -hmm. Our customers are on a journey, just like we are on a journey, and the whole industry is evolving towards SASE. So what we see our customers do is typically they start with, um, you know, they have SD-WAN as a base, which allows you to put controls anywhere that you need, which is, right. I think, the number one problem statement, which is how do you enforce the security that you already own, right? Mm -hmm. So once you have that uh, SD-WAN base and you have remote users coming in from, uh, you know, uh, with, with, the, with the client access, uh, you can do the basic stuff is our customers start with firewalls. So they actually integrate or merge their firewall uh, configuration uh, into, into the network layer. That's the first and the very simple conversation. Now that doesn't mean that you have to replace your existing NGFW vendors or firewall vendors. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can actually have uh, NGFW firewall do like whatever else it's normally doing until you are able to retire it. So a lot of our customers have, um, you know, the firewalls which are in the, you know, refresh cycle. So they are up for refresh in like a year or two, right? So mm -hmm. you can gradually start saving money, you know, but we don't expect people to do rip and replace is basically the point, right? Right, so, so not rip and replace, it's more like add on slowly, yeah. see what you can take away once you that's up and running, that sort of thing. 
exactly and it's a very good transition because it gives people time to change the the processes so mm-hmm. the other portion is like when you're changing your operating model um, as a company you're also changing you know the the approvals and firewall rules like how do you how do you send them how do you configure them all of those pieces right so it gives people a lot of you know it gives them a, a gradual path to actually migrate the firewall conversation into sdman um, then the next step that we typically see our customers do is uh, basic url filtering right mm-hmm. you know swg capabilities basic antivirus um, and spam all the swg capabilities that we know uh, that exist today right? right and these are in my opinion very low hanging fruit mm-hmm. and they are very deterministic security technologies one of the things i feel with security is um, there are so many interesting technology solutions out there but then a lot of them are not as mature or as deterministic right mm-hmm. so if you look at the firewalls and swg they are very deterministic they are very mature technologies uh, something that people can feel very comfortable with migrating and right. in my opinion uh, i feel like if you have these three components together you have a sassy solution right okay, okay? yeah that's great that I, I love that sort of like clear path that we can finally say i mean it was the same with with sd wan at first as well of is this WAN optimization or is it, uh, you know, something entirely new, that kind of thing where it had to, it had to sort of evolve into a place where someone could say, okay, now that that's what SD-WAN is and, and now I have it. So, and, and also it's, it's interesting to hear that, that, um, that really the foundation of SASE is SD-WAN, right? So that's like the kind of starting point. Yeah. So um, you, you had these experiences at, like pure play security providers, like like F5, for example, and, and we're working on security of VMware, VMware not, not a pure play security provider per se, but um, how, do, how does that sort of lead you to think differently maybe about um, your approach to security at Ariaka where you're really coming at it from being a, a network provider as well? Does, um, uh, d- does, that, does that change the way that you think about networks, not just security? Absolutely. So if you look at, um, like I mentioned, I I always follow the evolution of security. Mm -hmm. And it's very important that you can, you should be able to enforce the security portion in there. So when I was at VMware, um, we looked at all the ESX controls and, you know, how can we intercept the virtual network traffic in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was at Infoblocks where we did DNS and I introduced like the DNS security controls, like DNS is a very powerful concept. You can have a lot of security technologies based on that. And then at F5, it was an application delivery controller, and we had access to the complete packet path, and we could do application security. So we built like uh, you know the anti-bot technology. We built uh, some very innovative behavioral-based uh, web application firewall, like learn your applications and look at the behavior and actually identify what's not what's not a right traffic, what is right traffic, so on and so forth. So at Ariaka, we have uh, actually a broader footprint, which I'm super excited about, because we actually have access to the complete network traffic, both on the campus side and the data center side. And when we initially started, we started building the forward proxy technology baked into our SD-WAN stack. And we quickly realized that not only you know, are we able to handle uh, the attack spectrum, which is like on the campus side and, you know, predicting the user side of things. We also have the reverse proxy technology. We used to do CDN uh, in the past um, and we have reverse proxy technology, mm-hmm. 
where you can now address another set of spectrum of attacks, which are the OAP's top 10 attacks, automated attacks, all the application security side of things. Mm -hmm. So what we ended up doing at, um, at Ariaka is we are actually doing um, the things that the industry took 20 years to do, right? So the industry took, like, we started with stateful inspection, mm -hmm. then we did, like, proxy, then we said forward proxy through the delivered as a cloud, then we said, hey, we're going to do reverse proxy and DDoS mitigation, WAF attack, so on and so forth. Ariaka is doing all of these things in a single pass architecture together. It seems kind of like whack-a-mole, right? It's just there's a yes. new threat landscape and we got to deal with that one. And maybe sometimes with a single vendor rather than sort of taking that holistic picture, right? So. Yes. And this is what I call a second movers advantage. Actually, it's it's kind of interesting mm -hmm. because every, every a lot of startups I worked on in like, you know, 1.0 product technologies, there was such a thing as first movers advantage. And what I realized very quickly is first movers actually identify and uncover the challenges. And in my experience, we had like second mover companies, competitors who actually did better than the first movers, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is another very interesting thing that we, we feel very strongly about that Ariaka did security the right way from the get-go. We mm -hmm. actually architected this. Um, we didn't go through this evolution of like stateful packet inspection. I'm in GFW. Then I have a little bit of an identity crisis. I'm going to become a proxy. Then I'm going to do forward proxy. But guess what? My reverse proxy is all open. I have not thought about it yet, right? Mm -hmm. So we had the luxury of um, sort of like making sure that we do pro uh, security the right way. And then the second thing I'm super, super passionate about Ariaka is we can deploy the security is the same code that runs in our cloud as well as in our uh, CP appliances. Uh, we can deploy it with a click of a button. So the other thing we did really well was we have a distributed data plane uh, to make sure that the security is enforced where needed. You need a firewall at the gate of your branch because you need to protect from the attackers coming in. It, it, not everything mm -hmm. can be done in the cloud. It's very naive to think that everything is you know done only in the cloud. You right. need to protect yourself where you are. You need a client on your laptop. Uh, you absolutely need, uh, you know, cloud-based security. So we have all the enforcement points, and we call that distributed data uh, data plane. And all of this is managed with the same code base, with the same policy blobs, which are dropped to all the enforcement points simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And we have a management plane, which is also unified, uh, to show you exactly what you did. What network configuration did you set up? What QS did you set up? What optimization did you do? For the same traffic, what firewall rules did you create? For the same traffic, what is your URL filtering? For the same traffic, what are the you know different policies of security that you have built? Yeah, so there's some economies of scale, but but working with the WAN where the threat environment can come kind of from any direction, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And it's a policy model, which I mean, if you look at a lot of our, um, you know, security vendors, you know, top security vendors, you go to their management plane uh, page and they have like, give me firewall rules, give me like SWG rules, give me the rules for this. And then what happens is if if you enforce all those rules and you find out like what actually dropped my packet or why my connection was you know disconnected nobody knows the answer mm -hmm. because then you have like you know uh, like this really spaghetti of all these different rules and different technologies uh, that becomes very difficult to diagnose well no not to mention that the the expertise on the enterprise side team they they might have trouble finding experts in all of these different uh, security issues let alone networking issues and all that and and we're upskilling the, the folks that they do have so so sort of simplifying things to to an understandable uh, uh stack maybe where you can have policies that that operate in different places i think is is exactly what they need because no one can keep on top of all of this it seems to me so 
that's exactly right. I mean, that's something our customers tell us on a daily basis. And they do have really talented teams, but now that they have offices in like global, mm -hmm. you know, remote global places, the team is like, hey, I can manage like my five locations in US, but guess what? We are expanding in all these different countries. Right. I don't speak the language. We don't have people who can actually manage it. And they're like, hey, Ariaha, can you help us do that? So one of our sort of like the, the secret for our success is we just don't throw a very complex technology at our, at our customer. We actually hold their hand all the way through mm -hmm. to install it, to provision it, to manage it for them. Uh, so we do what's called as a co-management so they can manage it they can manage it with us but we are always there and we always have our customers back mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. excellent so now Renuka, i want to wrap up by sort of just getting your take on on where all of this is going since you've been like you said through all those steps and and the, i like that second mover advantage you know if we if we go back in in history it was you know facebook was not the first social network by any means right it's like you know so so that idea of, of taking all of those lessons learned where does the WAN go from here there, there there it seems to to some people in the industry i think when when mpls is gone and and people aren't relying on on private lines and whatnot that maybe the WAN kind of disappears. Do you think there's still a reason if if you're using, uh, you know, mainly cloud services and 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 SaaS and whatnot? Um, is there a reason to have a private WAN still? And and will it be that way for the next, you know, say five ten years? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think there is a reason. And there's a reason because the way we know the internet today is also evolving. So mm -hmm. now there is a conversation about splinter net. There is this geopolitical mm -hmm. conversations. You already know about the China firewall. Very there's, much. Yeah. There's no Ukraine, Russia conversation that happened. And what's happening right now is uh, internet has become, uh, it's available to the good and the bad people. Mm -hmm. There are things like, like think about the you know undersea cable cuts, right? right. There were 150 undersea cable cuts over like just one year. And if you're relying on internet, and most of the customers, of course, are, it impacts your business. It, it directly impacts the bottom line. It, it directly impacts the revenue, uh, you know, and your business. So while you want to leverage internet, while you want to use internet, the reliance on the internet cannot be to the level, uh, you know, that um, and the exposure that people have cannot be what it is. Like there's a mm -hmm. massive DDoS attack. There's an undersea cable. There's a geopolitical conversation. Guess what happens, right? Your your business is now subject to those variabilities. So right. the way I like to think about it is, um, with Ariaka's private backbone, you are leveraging the ubiquitous internet conversation, but you are actually able to have that um, deterministic, you know, usage. Mm -hmm. So when there was an under uh, you know, uh, undersea cut, uh, cable cut, most customers experienced some kind of a latency they had like some kind of a you know slow user experience so on and so forth right, Ariaka, because the, the, it's, the backbone has to adjust itself and your traffic is getting ratted in weird ways and right mm -hmm. yeah and then there are like these you know hundreds of securities uh, security providers as well as network providers who actually all use the same exact uh, fiber mm -hmm. optic that was that right mm -hmm. so a lot of customers actually experienced like uh, business disruption and latency in case of Ariaka, that did not happen. Mm -hmm. And the reason that did not happen is because when we have a, when we provide connectivity to somebody with a certain SLAs, uh, we have uh, twice the provisioning of everything, compute of the network, the bandwidth, the undersea cable bandwidth is also identical and you know twice the amount. So there is no there is no um, congestion in our case. Right. 
So mm-hmm. if you're using the the same bandwidth on on something when we do the high availability or when you move to the next one, you get the exact same experience. And there is really our customers didn't even blink. We didn't even know that this happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So the modern van, I would think, is it has to be more reliable. We have to think about how van can be more reliable. How can I protect myself from this internet variabilities? Right, right, yeah. Especially when another thing I've talked about a lot on the show is that that uh, you know the, the network used to be something a, a cost that you had that had to be there so that you could do business, but is now more of a driver of different ways of doing business and different ways of thinking about how to connect with your customers and and whatnot. So all the more reason why it should be kind of front and center in, you know, even in, in business plans and, and, and that sort of thing, rather than just a reaction of like, Hey, we got to spin up network here. It, it, it should be the driver, but it is scary to put that driver on the internet. Right. So, yeah. That's exactly right. Excellent. Well, Renuka, this was really great and interesting. I've, um, like I said before, I've, I've known about Ariaka for a long time, but it, it, I, I always learn a little something when the more I hear about you guys because it is a different model. So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Greg. Yeah. And is there a way that listeners can keep up with, with you or your work? Do you ever get to blog anywhere or anything like that or just LinkedIn? So LinkedIn, uh, and I publish my blogs on the LinkedIn. Uh, if you go to our website, www.ariaka.com, uh, most of the information will be there. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I hope we can connect again in the future. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for listening. Telegeography Explains the Internet comes from the experts here at Telegeography. It's edited and produced by Jane Miller, and it's hosted by me, Greg Bryan. And I also wrote that theme song you're listening to right now. To learn more about our data, jump over to telegeography.com, and we'll see you on the internet.